You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. We had the privilege of having uh, Jody and Vanessa with us last week and their family with us. And I mean, how, how great was the input from, from Jody? I mean, yeah, we, we, gather, we gather for Jesus. It's always only about him. It's about his presence. That he gives us gifts. And there's times where we have different people minister. And there's something that God wants to speak into the heart of who we are as a church. That's why we, you know, that's why we come and we gather and we listen. And Jody brought a powerful word about being the priesthood of all believers. Looking at the privilege and the responsibility of being those who are called to serve Jesus, to minister to him, to minister before his presence. And one of the things he said about priesthood is that equal access and equal value means equal responsibility. It's an interesting uh, it's an interesting phrase. I, I love it because we, we have the privilege of priesthood, the privilege of being those who are set apart to minister to Jesus. The privilege, and I want to look at a little bit of this privilege this morning, but with that comes a responsibility. Being a priesthood of all believers looks like something. And uh, we, we, you know, it's like sort of two sides of the same coin. So I want to jump off what he shared last week um, and unpack a little bit more over the, over the next couple of weeks what it looks like to be the priesthood of all believers, that we all have a part to play in ministering to Jesus. We all have a part to play in seeing his kingdom advance. See, priesthood is not just a churchy phrase. There's a powerful truth in this reality. There's a powerful truth, and priesthood looks like something. See, church is not about just uh, leaders or a pastor or the person who is up the front on the mic, a worship leader, those who you see, the church is every single one of us who has said, Jesus is Lord, and I'm going to follow him. It's every single one of us together ministering to him and ministering to others. In the Old Testament, the priests were those who would minister before the presence of God. They would bring sacrifices but in the New Testament, it moves from a few to all of us. And I want to look at a couple of scriptures this morning. So would you turn with me to 1 Peter 2, verse 5 to 9. There's two main passages, scriptures, that talk about being a priesthood of all believers. It, it, the, that concept is right throughout the scripture. But there's two main ones. And I want to start with this. And Jody read this last week. In 1 Peter 2, from verse 5, it says, You yourselves like living stones... That's you and I. Can you turn to the person next to you and say, you and I. Like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. So we have a picture of a house being built, of something being formed, and we are the stones, or we're the, we're the bricks that are being used to see that house formed. To be a holy priesthood. Why? To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, and they're acceptable to God because they're through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. That's talking about Jesus. He is the cornerstone. Verse 7 says, So the honor is for you who believe. Sorry, for the honor, yeah, is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected, he's quoting here, has become the cornerstone and a a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to. There's something that happens that when we believe in Jesus, 
He becomes the foundation, the cornerstone for our life. But when, for those who don't believe in Jesus, who haven't encountered his presence, Jesus is offensive. Jesus' teachings are offensive. We can't argue people into, into the kingdom of God. They need to encounter his presence. I'll leave that one right there for you. It's, he is countercultural. It says they stumble because they disobey his word as they were destined to. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now, where am I? I'm just like, oh, but now you're God's people. Once you were not a people, where am I? I am in Melbourne Light Church. You know when you've read a scripture so often that you actually stop reading it and you start quoting it, and then I, then I was like, hey, I'm, I better make sure I'm not leaving anything out here. Once you are not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And turn with me over to Hebrews 7, verse 23. It says this. The former priests, talking about in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, were many in number. Because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. It says basically they were priests until they died. But he, talking about Jesus, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able, Jesus is able to save to the utmost those who draw near to God through him. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separate, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, since he did this once and for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath which came later... Uh, later than the law, appoints a son, capital S, who has been made perfect forever. In the Old Testament, the priests were chosen by God. They weren't self-appointed, but God chose them for a purpose, to serve God with their lives by offering sacrifices. That's the picture of Old Testament priests. Chosen by God to serve him with their lives by offering sacrifices and ministering before his presence. The priesthood was a, was a picture or a type of the coming ministry of Jesus. And in Jesus, our ministry. There's a picture that, that once Jesus came, the picture of the old covenant priesthood is no longer needed. Because the sacrifice was completed on the cross. When, that, when, when Jesus died, the, the veil, the curtain in the temple that separated the people from the presence of God, the holy of holies, the holy place, was torn in two from top to bottom. It's significant because it was from top to bottom. It was torn, and it, and, and it meant something. God was declaring that we have access into his presence. He was declaring that the Old Testament priesthood was no longer necessary. Now people could come directly to God through the great high priest who is Jesus Christ. That his sacrifice was enough. Hebrews 4 verse 14 to 16 says this. 
Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. There's now no earthly mediator that needs to stand between God and man as existed in the Old Testament. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who stands between God and us. Because of his sacrifice, he's made a way for us to come into his presence. Hebrews 10 verse 12 says that Jesus Christ is our high priest. And he made a way. He made one sacrifice for sin for all time. Hebrews 10 verse 12 says that. And there's no more sacrifice for sin that can be offered. Hebrews 10 verse 26. But just as the Old Testament priests offered other kinds of sacrifices in the temple, it's clear from 1 Peter 2 verse 5 and 9 that God's chosen us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. We become priests for a purpose as we follow him. In 1 Peter 2, verse 5 to 9, it speaks of the two aspects of priesthood. The first is that the believers are privileged. As priests, we step into a priestly privilege. The second is that because of that privilege, we have a responsibility. We step into a priestly privilege, but because of that privilege, we have a responsibility as priests. There's things that God has actually asked us to do and expects us to do as his priest. Today I want to focus on the first aspect, which is the privilege of priesthood. What is the privilege? Next week I want to look a little bit at the responsibility. Because of the privilege, there comes a responsibility. But today I want to focus on the privilege. To be chosen by God as a priest was a privilege, both in the Old Testament and for us as believers. See, all believers have been chosen by God. If if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you are a chosen generation. You are his own special people. He's chosen you, and it's a privilege to be chosen by God. See, in the Old Testament tabernacle and in the temple, there were places where only the priest could go. Everybody else had to wait outside. Only the priest could go into the place of God's presence, into the holy of holies, behind a thick veil. Only the high priest could go into the holy of holies. And only, he could only go there once a year on the Day of Atonement after he had made sacrifices for his own sin and sacrifices for the sin of the people. And then he would go before the presence of God. The rest of the priests ministered to and before the, the, the presence of God. It was, such, it was like, it was the most revered role in all the people to be able to come before the presence of the most holy God. But like I said before, because of Jesus' death on the cross, all of us, if you are a believer in Jesus, have access, direct access into the throne room of God through Jesus Christ who is our high priest. Because he's made sacrifice, he finished the old covenant System of sacrifice. He said, because of my sacrifice, we can come into his throne room. 
what is the privilege of priesthood? The first privilege of priesthood is to have direct access to the presence of God. You guys awake this morning? Are you there? There need to be a few more amens on that one, I think. Direct access to the presence of God. Creator God, who with a word created the universe, who spoke and there was light, who holds all things together, who is all-powerful, who raised Jesus from the dead, who is able to heal. We have direct access into his presence. What a privilege to be able to access the very throne room of God, not through an earthly priest. You don't have to come to me to speak to God. You don't have to come to Paul to have access to the presence of God. You can come straight into his throne room. Not only do we have access to his presence, but we also get to minister to him. That, this to me is amazing because God is, is, is in himself is all-sustaining and all-powerful. He doesn't need us, but he actually loves it that we get, to, we get to minister to him. The one who needs nothing takes delight in our sacrifice, takes delight in our praise. When we worship together, when we spend time with him, when we bless him, when we share testimony, it actually brings him joy. The one who in himself needs nothing else to, be, to, to continue to exist. He can go on forever and ever and ever in himself. Yet he chooses to take joy in us. We minister to his presence and before his presence. Our prayer is, the Bible says our prayer is like incense that rises. We bring a sacrifice of praise, it says, that our praise is like a sacrifice. We bring him glory and honor. The privilege is to know him, to abide in him, to be in his presence. We become the very temple of the Holy Spirit, of his presence. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Bring him glory, because you are a temple of his presence. He wants to presence himself with you. It's the first privilege of priesthood, is that we have access to the very presence of God. He chooses to presence himself with, with us. I mean, honestly, we could stop here. There's other privileges, but this is it. This is like, if we don't get this, we miss something major about what it is to be followers of Jesus, to be his people. That he would allow me to come directly before him, to meet him face to face, to minister to him. That he would take delight in the, in the ministry of our praise and our sacrifice, that he would allow us to carry his presence is amazingly overwhelming. If you're not overwhelmed with that truth, then I, I want to encourage you, go spend time before him. Say, God, help me see what this privilege is that I actually can come into your presence. I think we become so flippant at times. We take this for granted. We take it for granted that we have access to his presence. 
or we live as if we're still in the old covenant, that we can't access his presence without someone else making a way for us. We become spectators, and we take for granted that we can gather together with other people who have laid hold of this revelation we come in and we go, you know what, there's going to be a music team who, like, who prepares the way and there's going to be other people who have prayed and I can come and I can sit and I'm going to be in God's presence and we take it for granted the very value that there's people searching all over the world saying there has to be something more than what I'm seeing in front of me and my, my life looks like right now and we have that answer yet we go, uh uh-huh. We live as if somebody else has to make a way for us. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in response when we gather. Because I think there is a transaction. There is is something, there's a power to our yes and saying, God, I want to respond to you. But you don't need somebody else to pray for you to be healed, to be set free, to be saved, to be delivered. Because you have access to the presence of God. Some of the most powerful deliverances. And yes, we believe in deliverance. Because just as there is the, the, the king of kings and lord of lords, the kingdom of light, there is a kingdom of darkness, there is demons, and, and there is a devil. And some people need to be set free from those powers of darkness. Sometimes it happens when we pray for people. But some of the most powerful times of deliverance that I've heard of and I've had seen people share testimonies of is on their own recognizing there's a stronghold in my life saying, Holy Spirit, would you come because I have direct access to the presence of God and that which is of darkness cannot exist in his presence. So God, I want to come into your presence and would you deal with this thing? It has to go right now. And freedom comes. We take it for granted. We go, oh no, I I, I won't be healed. I won't be set free unless Louise prays for me. Well, then you're not in luck today because Louise is not here. I think sometimes God allows people to not be here so that you have to grow up and go, you know what? It's not, because, it's not Louise. Louise is not the, the, uh, the, the magician of healing. It's the Holy Spirit who heals. And he's here. And he's in your house. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We live as if we're still in the old covenant. We have to stay living in the privilege of priesthood. We have to understand. We, we, I, I can't believe how little time, uh, I'm sounding angry, but I'm not angry, but I am, I am concerned. I can't believe how little time believers who have full access to the presence of God actually spend with him. This is not legalism. This is not like if you spend more time with him, you'll be more valued or more honored because you're going to see that one of the next privileges of priesthood is that we're sons and daughters. But I can't believe that when you understand, I can come before the presence of the creator God, the all-powerful one, and yet we go, meh, doesn't matter. And then you wonder why you keep having issues in your life. And you wonder why things don't work for you. Some people are laughing because you might have had to learn the hard way. We go, oh, you know, why does it seem like I'm going around the same mountain? Because you are going around the same mountain. Because you're making bad decisions with your time. Spend time with, he says, just come before me. He's made a way. 
free gift. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I received that. And then set some time aside to come into his presence. Because in his presence, there's freedom. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's life. In his presence, there's deliverance. In his presence, there's healing. Yet we live on an hour and a half of somebody else's presence, maybe a couple of minutes a morning, and we hope that that's enough. This is not to earn your salvation. This is not to earn your sonship or daughtership. This is simply because he delights in us. And in his presence is fullness of life and fullness of joy. We have all the time in the world for YouTube, TV, entertaining, scrolling, 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 but very little time for the Creator King. And you can come before him as, as easily as this. You open your phone, you have access to all this stuff. You don't need your phone to come before his presence, but it's that easy. It's not like it, it just, Lord, thank you for your presence. We're there. Do we truly understand the enormity of this privilege? The second privilege of priesthood. I can stay on that, and, and I, I, I want to stay on that, and I had to wrestle all week to not just stay on that. Because there's, there's more. The second privilege of priesthood is that we're adopted into the family of God as sons and daughters. We have direct access into his presence. We're adopted into his family as sons and daughters. We who were, who were once not a people, who were without hope, who were destined for destruction because of our sin, are now part of the very family of God. New lineage, new heritage, new identity. Galatians 4 verse 4 to 7 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Father, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. There's sonship, there's identity, and there's inheritance. Because of that, we're adopted as sons and daughters into the family of God. We have equal value. The first privilege is that we have equal access to the presence of God. The second privilege of priesthood is that we have equal value. No matter what the devil says about you, no matter what you feel about yourself, no matter what your spouse or the person next to you or the person that you've let down says about you, no matter what you've been through, no matter what your upbringing is, when you come into the family of God, you have equal value. The pastor is not more valuable, the leader is not more valuable, the anointed one, the apostle, the prophet, the whatever. We have equal value before God the creator. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. Jesus in you does not have less value than Jesus in Elodie or Jesus in Sam. He's not seeing you. Through him, he makes you valuable. This is so important because so much of the church places value on people because of position. We do that in the world as well, but we do it in the church. You know, it's, it's leadership, it's gifting, it's upbringing. It's if you're in the right family and we, we rank people and we place value on them. And if they have a bigger Instagram following, and if they have a bigger ministry, and if they're seeing more signs and wonders, then we put greater value on them. We listen to them more. 
We don't listen to those who God has said, I am giving, I am trusting you to, to, to look after these people. We don't listen to our to local church leaders who actually have to carry responsibility and pray for you and know your situation and speak into your life. We listen more to the celebrities and the because we rank value. But they don't have to give an account for you. They don't know your life. I don't know why I said that. That's a different thing. I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna correct me. I was like, here you go. It's so important because we rank we we rank value. We have equal value. See, the ranking of value is what happened in the old covenant. The priests had their position because they were born into a certain family. They were born into a certain tribe. It was a birthright. But in Jesus Get this, we are all priests by right of being born again into the family of God. It's our birthright. So stop ranking people differently. We all have a birthright, but we all also have a birth responsibility. We all have the rights of sons and daughters of the king. We all have equal value in the sight of God. The third privilege of priesthood is that we have an inheritance in Jesus. Because we're sons and daughters, we have an inheritance. So then you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Ephesians 1, verse 11 and 4. The start of Ephesians 1 is talking about our adoption through Jesus. It says this from verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purposes of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of what? Of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. The inheritance to the praise of his glory. Jody and Vanessa, who were here last week, have six kids. If you ever get a chance to hear their testimony... Um, to listen to it, because three of their kids are adopted. Four of their kids, actually. First one is hers and not his. He's adopted, the first one. But three of their kids, are, the three younger kids are adopted. They look like them, so you kind of, you don't know that straight up. But there's something amazing about inheritance. Jody was sharing with us, he says, you know, when... You adopt a child, at least in the U.S. Where, they, where they're from. I don't know how it is here. But when you sign the paper and you stand before the court, you have to swear to the court that this child that you are adopting will receive full and equal inheritance to any natural children that you have. You stand before the judge and you say, I swear... As, as the adopted parent of this child, that they will receive full and equal inheritance to any natural children that I have. We become part of the lineage of faith. We get full inheritance of being part of the family of God. And we're given the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of that inheritance. Every time 
we come into the presence of God. Every time we say, Lord, show me your glory, we're reminded of the inheritance as sons and daughters. The final thing, privilege I want to just quickly mention this morning is that the privilege of priesthood is that we become part of the display of his splendor. Marked by his presence, adopted as sons and daughters, receiving an inheritance of righteousness, receiving an inheritance of a new identity in him, we become part of the display of his splendor. And this starts to speak into responsibility that we'll unpack, but because of who we are in him, because of who he is and who we are in him, we have a responsibility to show who he is to those around us. It's part of the privilege of priesthood because actually together as a priesthood of all believers, we're being built into something. And when people see us, they should see what Jesus looks like. When people see, when people see us together, they should see something of what the family of God, the, 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 the holy house, the temple of the Holy Spirit looks like. Why is there such an attack on the church and the enemy wants to bring division and he wants churches to tear down churches and he wants churches to divide and to split and to speak poorly of other churches? It's because we're supposed to be the display of his splendor. And he knows if, we, if he can mess up that display of his splendor, he can mess up a little bit of what people see and think of who Jesus is. And we get flippant about it and we go, oh, it, you know, it's all right, I'm just joking, I'm just, you know. We start talking about Paul and, you know, I have my issue with Paul and whatever it is. And I start telling somebody else. And I go, oh, no, no, but I'm just, I'm just joking. The Holy Spirit's grieved. It's just a meme page. It's funny. Like, they're funny jokes. Yeah, but they're making fun of the Holy Spirit. It's not a funny joke. Oh, you know, I, I, I just, you just need to be aware I don't agree with everything every other church does, but you know what? I'm not going to speak poorly of them. Because we grieve the Holy Spirit because we are the display of his splendor, and every single one of us has a part to play in that. Being a priesthood of all believers looks like something. Stepping into the privilege of priesthood looks like something. It has to transform who we are. It has to transform the words that come out of our mouth. Some of us are not living in the privilege of priesthood because the words that come out of our mouth are robbing the privilege. We're actually not living as priests. Jesus has made a way, but we're still living in an old covenant way of actually I want to come through somebody else. We're not being the display of his splendor. We're woven into the tapestry of his people to display his splendor and glory. Have you ever gone to the National Gallery, the art, you know, paintings and stuff? Art. I like some of it. I, I, I find it quite, it's, it's amazing. But there's some pieces of art that I just don't get. Mainly the ones that I don't get, and it's probably because I don't have a great appreciation, but I don't get like where it's just one color. I'm like, that just looks like a blank canvas. And it is like, a, it actually is just a blank canvas. And there's some deep meaning in it. But I don't get it because it's just one thing. It's just one sort of flat cover. I, I've never really enjoyed that as much as like when there's many colors woven together. 
as a church, as, as the people who are called to be the display of his splendor. We don't want to be just one color painting people. It's many colors woven together. It's many giftings woven together. It's like a tapestry. There's a depth to who we are. When people look at us, they should be able to see themselves in a sense, but actually see Jesus. Nowhere in culture, I'm going to end with this. Nowhere in the culture or the understanding of the people in Bible times did the idea of individuality in following God ever enter their thinking. When you read the Bible, the idea of it's just me and him was never a concept that they would have read this through. It was always community, family, together, a body, a tribe, a people, a priesthood. See, even when we talk about being the priesthood of all believers, I guarantee you and I are thinking about, I'm a priest. It's my, you know, it's my, my priestly privilege. It's always together. It's a priesthood of all believers. It was always together that allowed the fullness of God and his splendor to be displayed. We get the privilege together of being used by him so that others would see him, so that others would encounter his love, so that others would know him. It's always about together so that others. It's not me so that me. It's not my privilege, so my inheritance, so my rights, my things. No, no, it's together. I mean, Mark, Mark, uh, Mark shared at the end of worship about that the church is the bride of Christ. The church is not a building or an organization. It is people together. It's God's pattern. It's God's only way. The church, the imperfect. You and I, you look around and we go, but we're not perfect. We got issues. We got problems. Yes, but we are the bride of Christ. We are his, it's his way of showing his glory. You go, God, surely there was a better way. He goes, no. There wasn't. A gathering of, of believers. There was always community. We get the privilege together. When people see us, they should see the supernatural love and the unity and the care of Jesus. When they spend time with us, they should encounter the presence of God. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, or that he may be glorified. If we stop only at the privilege of priesthood, which we're going to do now, but if we stop here and we don't get to responsibility, we can be tempted to lean toward the individual. I'm giving you a word of warning. Don't stop here. If you're not going to be here next week, make sure you listen. Because if we stop right here, we can lean toward, and our culture does this, the individual. But the kingdom never stops with the individual. It always moves from individual to together. We're called to be kings and priests, to be a royal priesthood as a reflection of our privileged status as heirs to the kingdom of God. Because of this privileged closeness with God, with his presence that we can come before him, there's no earthly mediator that's necessary. That people, when, we, when they see us, they should see him. The privilege of priesthood means that there's also responsibility. And next week, we're going to unpack more of the responsibility. But right now, can we stand together? This morning, will you step into the privilege of being part of the priesthood of all believers?
The enemy wants to divide and isolate. The enemy wants to tell you you're on your own. It's all about you. Your gift's not needed. You don't have a gift. Nobody likes you. Nobody cares. I mean, that's all lies of the enemy. Don't let shame or hurt or offense or indifference stop you from entering his presence. Stop you from living as a son or daughter of the Most High God and laying hold of your identity. Don't let that stop you from laying hold of your inheritance, being part of the display of his splendor. Don't let the lies of the enemy restrict what God wants to do in you and through you. Lord, this morning, we thank you again for your presence. We thank you, Lord, even as we worship, Lord, that you presence yourself with us. Lord, and I pray that we would be a people who step into the privilege of priesthood, that we would truly understand and stand in awe that we have access into your presence, that we're sons and daughters, that we have an inheritance, that we're the display of your splendor, that together you've called us to be a people who point people to you. Together you've called us to look like something. Lord, I pray this morning for those who are feeling like an individual in a room of people rather than part of a family. And I pray, Lord, would you knit hearts together. I pray for those, Lord, who have heard the lie of the enemy and feel like, they are, like they're useless, they're carrying shame or offense. Lord, I ask, would you bring healing and freedom right now in Jesus' name? Lord, I thank you. We thank you. We thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy, is life, is abundance, is peace, is comfort. Would we truly understand the access that we have and step into that place? We honor you. Even as we gather again tonight, Lord, just to worship. Lord, I pray where there be an ease of stepping into your presence. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've heard about him. Have you been in church before? But there's a decision. There's a yes that God won't make for you. Because he wants relationship. He gives us free will to say yes for ourselves. He wants your yes. He wants your heart. He wants relationship with you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.